Hello and welcome to episode 64 of Command Space on 5x5. I am your host, Mr. Mike Hurley, and I am joined today by Mr. John Maltz. Hi, John. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, sir. How are you? Great. So, John, what do you like to be known for? <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, that stuff. You know, I think my, my favorite stuff, some of my favorite stuff is uh, the stuff that I've written for the magazine, which is uh, now Glenn Fleischman's baby iOS-only uh, magazine. And uh, I wrote two funny pieces for him that were... One was about... Uh, leaving my family to spend more time with my electronic devices. <laughs> and the other was about my dog, both of which I enjoyed writing because they were not about tech. They were, well, ostensibly, the first one was about technology, but mostly they're just about, you know, an opportunity for me to make stupid jokes, which is some of my, that's really what I enjoy doing the most. And I've tried to do that in various places. And I, every time I write something for Macworld, I try and stick a few stupid jokes in there just to make it fun for myself and hopefully for the people reading it. Hey, sometimes you just got to lighten the mood a tad. That's right, yeah. That's what I try to bring to the table. <laughs> well, mood thank lightning. you. <laughs> so So talking about that, actually, that's led off quite nicely into the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about, which is the crazy Apple rumor site, um, affectionately known as Cars. Yes. For anybody it's that hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to even think about that now. I did that I did that for 6 years and it seems long ago now. Which what? I guess it kind of is because it ran from about 2000 and end of 2001 wow. to uh 2007. Yeah, what, that's right. What was Cars? Uh Cars was sort of the onion of the Apple world. Uh I where I made up Apple Apple News, basically, faux Apple News, and had a little fun uh, poking at the at the Apple rumor sites and some of the, the crazy stuff that you can read there on a, <laughs> on a daily basis. I read Apple rumors throughout the 90s, just voraciously, constantly trying to figure out what Apple was going to come up with next. And, and then finally, it kind of hit me like, this is really, <laughs> this is really rather ridiculous. Most half the time, these people don't have any idea what they're talking about, and half the things never come true, and yet they continue merrily on. So that uh, kind of sparked my interest in having a little fun at their expense. So was that why? Because you thought that it was a tad ridiculous that you would try and make it a little bit more ridiculous. That was part of it. The other part, most like I said before, I mean, most of the what I like to do is just write funny things, try to write funny things anyway. And uh, if you read enough of cars, you can kind of tell that much of it just doesn't really have that much to do with Apple. I used Apple executives and characters in the Apple community as excuses to make things up. I mean, one of one of my favorites was the Apple executives deciding to uh, use some of the, a lot of the money that they made to, to buy to go in together and buy a puppy and another one was John John Rubenstein <laughs> riding riding one of those rides outside the grocery stores, uh, you know, that you put a quarter in, and and not and not coming down, and all the executives standing there trying to get him to come off the ride. <laughs> so that doesn't really have a lot to do <laughs> with rumors or Apple products or anything. It's just like it's just using that as a as a background to to try and come up with a 
a dumb scenario that I think is funny. So at the time, when you said 2001, right, that you started writing Cars. Yeah, I believe that's that's right. I'd have to go back and look. It was either 2000 or 2001. And you kind of mentioned, you know, that at the time we would sort of hunt um, Mac rumors and Apple Insider, I guess, mm-hmm. at the time. They were the, the places. They were the destinations. Um, right. You, you know, there wasn't really Apple rumors permeating too far out of those specialized sites. Mm-hmm. You know, like I see them on the enemy now, you know? Yeah. Um, so you kind of had to hunt more in those days to find Well, there were, the, there were the, there were, you know, there was a collection of sites, though, that were in that business. Uh, mm-hmm. It was Mac OS Rumors was one of the big ones early on in the late 90s, and they've sort of petered out. I don't think they're, I'm not even sure they're even running anymore, but they came up with all kinds of crazy stuff. I, uh, one of my favorites was uh, crank-powered iBooks, which was an actual rumor that they floated that suggested that Apple would release uh, iBooks that you could power by by cranking, by turning a crank. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's there was definitely some some material there. And lots of the sites are are better, you know, some of them better than others. Um I think I'm trying to, I can't even, I don't even follow them that close anymore, but, um, you know, and there, there are some that treat, treat the rumor aspect better than others, as opposed to just jumping on everything that comes out of an, an Asian manufacturer as, as solid gold. But yeah, I think in the early two thousands, like rumors and rumor sites, it was more speculation than rumor. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't the, it was, there weren't supply chain link leaks as much right, then right and it was more like i think there's gonna be an ipod phone <laughs> and that was why rumors lasted for like three years because somebody would think it and then everybody would also think it and then it was then it was happening right um and then you know there was like uh the touch the the, the uh as as steve jobs put it on stage the full screen ipod with touchscreen controls which was what everybody expected was going to happen for a long time yeah and then it turned into that's the, the that's like my my theory of the infallibility of of Apple rumors is that no matter you know, no matter how long it takes as long as Apple unveils something that's remotely similar to what you said then you can say that your rumor was good. Well, it's like one day Munster will be correct, right? <laughs> yeah, I think right. we should just refer to it as Munster's <laughs> equation, <laughs> and then you know we'll get there. We just something, yeah, something TV related as long as it comes along eventually. Although I think he's been kind of specific, hasn't he? I mean, he seems like he's really he really thinks that there's going to be like a full television set. Yeah, it's not like he so, won't be happy until there's a big screen in his in his yeah, front room with an Apple he's logo gonna on keep, it. He's going to keep saying that until until it happens. So back in the early two thousands, like what were the types of rumors? Were mainly hardware related, new like laptop stuff? Like was that the focus then at that at yeah, those times? That's and I mean there were. There were three for a long time. There were three holy grails of of Apple rumordom, and the first it seems like the first one was a set top box, which kind of got started because of the Pippin thing. Yeah, and when that failed, they uh, they kept working on that problem, but never you know it took took that like almost the longest to, to come up with a with some kind of solution, which they have now in the Apple TV. But there was so there was the set top box. There was the phone and there was the tablet and the tablet and the set top box i think were were 
the bigger ones for a long time, and it's kind of funny that the phone actually ended up coming first. But the tablet was a big thing because of the because the Newton once the Newton got discontinued, Steve Jobs had said at one point something about you know we'll have another product in this space in in about a year, and that <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> it took you, him took him more like ten. Do you remember that iBook that that company that was modifying iBooks into touchscreen? Yeah, computers. I think they still do that. Actually, I think you can still get uh, a maybe a MacBook or a PowerBook or a PowerBook, <laughs> a MacBook or a MacBook Pro with a touchscreen on it, so that you can oh, yeah. use OS ten in touch in touch mode. They're still going modbook. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah they are. Right, they, right, they make right. a modbook Pro now. Yeah, you can even get it on financing if you want, which is good. <laughs> Which was sort of when, you know, that was sort of Microsoft's solution to touch computing was, we'll just put a touch screen on the, on our existing operating system and then everything will be fine. But I think that was what we expected. Like, yeah, you know, when we I, were, when we wanted the Apple tablet, we were just expecting OS ten with a pen, you know, using mm-hmm. the inkwell technology and stuff. And that would be how we got our computing done. But right. Bill Gates wasn't doing it right. Apparently not, given the way things worked out, because they really, they did a good job rethinking that problem. Now, I think if, uh, uh, you can tell me if this happened at the time, did any, anything that you posted on, on cars, did it ever get reported as being factual anywhere? Um, yes, oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely that happened. I'm trying to think of the best example, but apparently I posted something uh, I posted a thing about Cory Doctorow. I'm trying to remember what, what, what it was in reference to. Uh, it was something about the iPad and and something about him getting very mad at people because they were using it to actually create things instead of um, instead of just for consumption. Oh yeah, I remember because he was very uh, and and very apparently apparently a lot of people and and it was him going to great lengths to um, breaking into a nursing home and and bothering the people in the nursing home. Cory Doctorow verbally abuses ninety nine year old iPad you. user. That's right. That's, <laughs> thank you. You you found it. Um, and apparently a bunch of people found that and thought that it was real. And I have no idea how anybody could have thought that it was real since part of it has him dislocating his shoulder to squeeze through an air duct to get into the nursing home. <laughs> but he sent me he sent me a message on Twitter. He's like, hey, uh, could you put up a, a notice on this saying that it's satire because I'm getting a lot of... <laughs> really nasty email oh man and i had actually i had actually migrated the site to a new theme and i forgot to put i always have like a small little disclaimer down way down at the bottom that says this is satire uh and um and i had forgotten to put that that back on when i when i migrated the theme and so i was like okay sorry (laughs) and put a note on that one i think that says hey he did not actually dislocate his shoulder to crawl through an air duct to get at this 99 year old woman believe it or not believe it or not yeah so, so that was it? that was me taking that was me kind of taking i mean you know, two things in the apple news there was you know, he was talking about how he didn't think much of the ipad solution and at the same time there were you know these all these reports about how great ipads are for elderly people and and there was one about you know the 99 year old grandmother who 
loves her iPad. So I just kind of, you know, took those two things and wove them together and made Corey's day miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and tarnished his reputation to this and day. tarnished his reputation. That's, uh, that's my value add. <laughs> <laughs> reputation tarnishing for free. <laughs> While you wait. Why did you stop, uh, well, at least... What has stopped you from contributing to cars frequently? Because every now and then something goes up, you know. Yeah, it's been a while, but um, well, first of all, I, I never made very much money at it. <laughs> it. Was not terribly lucrative, and it was something that I felt like I wanted to do every day, and so I had I had this just this this practice where if I didn't publish every day, I would just I ended up stop. I would publish, stop publishing for a long time. And once I realized I wasn't going to be able to keep doing this every day and also try and develop a career writing, you know, for Macworld and other publications and, and writing, you know, stuff that's a little bit more serious on my, my own blog, you know, I just, I needed to, to put it, to put it to the side and just go back to it whenever I really felt like it. And I've been, you know, six years writing that all, pretty much every day. That was, that was long enough, really. Yeah, I can imagine it's basically, that, that becomes It's basically, difficult. and it's almost like it's Apple fan fiction, and that's really too long to actually be writing. <laughs> I think I think John when I when I stopped writing, John Gruber joked that um, I've been writing for six years, and I got and I got two year two years of good material out of it, <laughs> which is probably about right. But it was a nice exercise. I mean, doing you know that's a what they you know people always tell people who are aspiring writers how do i get into writing well you just you start writing mm. and that was that was a great that was a great way to do it i just i wrote every single day i wrote something for that site every single day and i would come home from work and i worked a f- full-time job for part of it and i would come home and stay up until midnight writing something for the site because i felt like i had to and it was fun a lot of it was fun and i got you know i got you know, I got this is that's how I got to meet the people at Macworld who I write for frequently now, and how and and some of the the Apple executives contacted me because they found some of the stories funny, and <laughs> one of them actually got linked to from their news page uh, one time. Oh yeah, because they had the internal like inside. Yeah, Apple. but they used to have. I don't know if they still even have this, but there's an Apple News. If you go to Apple.com, there's an outside facing page of news at least they used to have that and i think it used to be tied to the home page like if you you know if you set up safari for the first time there's oh yeah hot news there it is so it's apple.com slash hot news and they put one of your stories on there they they linked to one of my stories, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what? That, that must have been a, a real mess for them to do that. <laughs> it was it was kind of a crazy day. Yeah, because I that's... also got I also got contacted by Apple Legal one time. <laughs> Are you able to talk sort about the, that? Sort of the reverse of that. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they didn't, they didn't tell me not to. Um, it was funny because I had a power book. This was years ago, and I had a power book that was in for repair. And I happened to be home that that day, and the phone rang, and I looked at the caller ID, and it said Apple something. I thought, oh, it's about my power book, and I answered hello. And, she, and this woman says, hi, this is so and so from Apple Legal. And I go, hi. 
Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. As it slowly as it slowly dawned on me that this was not about my power book. Uh, and what had happened was it was a it was sort of they had a copyright complaint because I had taken an image from their homepage and and edited it to um, humorous effect and then put it up on my site and they didn't want me using their image. So so you could take your own photo. I folded. I folded it. like a cheap suit and took the image down. <laughs> Sorry, Apple. Yes, Apple. Whatever you say. Yes, yes. Anything you say, Apple. <laughs> you know, if I had been if I had been doing real cutting edge journalism, I think maybe I would. <laughs> I would like to think that I would have put up a fight, but I took a site from a pay image from their website, and I. Uh, I put softcore porn in it, so uh, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Then I guess. I wasn't exactly <laughs> doing good works. No. So I want to take a, uh, a very quick break, and then I've still got loads of stuff that I want to talk to you about. But uh, I need to thank our sponsor for this week's episode, and that is of course the fine folks over at Squarespace dot com. Squarespace they give you absolutely everything that you need. They are the all in one platform for creating your own website. They make it super fast and super easy to build your home online. You should sign up for a free trial and you're going to get 10% off if you use the offer code TALLYHO10 over at squarespace.com. Squarespace are always doing great work to make sure that their site is fresh. They're adding new features. They're adding great new designs and making sure that their support is rock solid and they're increasing their support team all of the time. They have 20 beautiful templates that you can get started with that look absolutely fantastic. You go to a Squarespace site and they don't look like they've just come from some theme gallery somewhere, you know, some standard like theme garden or something like that that these other places have. Squarespace sites look really clean, they look really crisp, and they look so professional too, and that's why I really do love the way that they look. But they also have loads of style options so you can tweak and, and craft and create your own unique space online for you, your business, or just about anything that you want to put on the internet. It's really easy to use, but as I said, they have a great support team. So over 70 employees based in New York City who work 24 hours a day, seven days a week to make sure that your, that your site is up and running and that if you have any problems, they're always there on hand to help. Every Squarespace site features a unique mobile experience that matches the site design that you've created. So they've got really great responsive web design in there. But it's not just beautiful on the outside. Squarespace is beautiful behind the scenes, so their back-end experience looks really great too. Um, so when you're posting to the site, checking your stats, that's all built in. It looks fantastic, and they've made sure that the code is built really well too, so you don't have to worry about things like SEO because they look after all that. That's a real sort of dark art, but Squarespace take care of that stuff for you. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month, and if you sign up for a year, you're going to get a free custom domain name too, and that's all part of the registration process at Squarespace. Go sign up for a free trial now so you can find out exactly how awesome Squarespace is and start building your own website there. And when you decide to sign up, make sure you use the offer code TALLYHO10. That's T A L L Y H O 10. It's the number 10. That's going to get you 10% off. And you'll also be supporting Command Space and all of 5x5. So thanks so much to Squarespace for their support of the show and for helping you create exceptional websites. They give you everything you need to do that. So, John, looking at Apple rumors these days, do you think that the the culture, the rumor culture, on the whole, is good or bad for Apple? 
I think it's I think on the whole it's good. What makes because, you say that? Well, I mean it's kind of it's kind of a feedback loop where they're they make great products and that gets people excited about other products that they might make and if we had nothing to go with there would just be nothing but dead air for I mean it takes them a while to come up with this stuff so mm. it would be a long time in between that you know no one would be able to talk about anything apple other than just speculation so the fact that there are these rumors and people trying to figure out whether or not you know what's what's real and what's fake keeps that keeps that feedback going and keeps people talking about apple and keeps people interested which is so, important for them right yeah it builds yeah. hype for the products i guess right but i, what, I mean i you know it, it starts it, it starts with them making good products but that feedback loop is important to them i think in without trying to make this not sound in as terrible as it sounds as i'm saying it is it is it not ruining the magic in a way though uh sometimes yeah sure uh, you know when when something comes you know, it's there's this there's always a slight bit of disappointment when they hold an event and what we get was exactly what we heard about which is kind of what happened the last time but still the uh the phones are great i think mm-hmm. the new phone is is really good i enjoy mine and you know and most people don't follow it this closely that's true so it's really it's really only people in the the tech press and i don't know real don't... real apple nerds who who uh I feel that like that's attention. changing, though. Like, I mean, I have yeah, people at work telling me about filters, the gold iPhone. I, I still have, wonder how much it filters out to the general population. How, okay. how much? It's hard to it's hard to gauge since I'm so deep, deeply soaking in this <laughs> on a daily basis. But I wonder how much people on the street really. Well, I work. You know. I work in a like a big corporate jobby job. For, you know, in my in my day life, and uh, leading up to the iPhone announcement, people were like, "Oh, I hear it's going to be a gold one," and <laughs> you know, I hear that it's going to look the same, and you know, that sort of stuff. Like, I, there are bits and bobs that get out now, and you yeah. hear people that are like convinced they know the date that's going to be announced. When it's like, "Oh, it's, that's happening next Tuesday," I'm like, "Is it? Where did you get that information <laughs> from?" By the way, yeah, I used to. Uh... <laughs> get my hair cut at this place where the guy I would get a lot of information from, <laughs> interesting <laughs> oh, information no. from the guy who tell you know want to talk about he was a he was a big apple fan but he uh, sometimes would get <laughs> some very interesting information I heard from my guy yeah yeah I heard from this other guy who's here I got I bet then he tells that guy about the stuff you tell him <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> but it's like there's things like when I was watching the iPhone 5S announcement um, and they announced the fingerprint scanner, we never could have guessed that was coming if we if we weren't told about it. Like, that would have been a bit like a, you know, that would have been like, well, what the hell moment? <laughs> you know, there's a fingerprint yeah. scanner in my phone now. And like, well, they, even they 12 months that, ago. They did buy that fingerprint company. But that's what I mean. So we, a- we knew about that. Like, if we didn't know yeah. about that, then, you know, maybe as it was maybe five years ago or something... I mean, I think even when when they bought that fingerprint company, I don't think anybody. Well, I didn't expect them to implement it this this quickly because that was that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, 
Like yeah. they they buy up these companies and sit on them for years. Like look at Lala. Like <laughs> they never yeah. they never gave us what they did. You know. And a lot of time they're just they're buying the talent as yeah. opposed to buying the actual technology. Because that so. people that create fingerprint scanners, they're smart people. It doesn't necessarily. Well, so didn't they mean, buy? They bought. Did they buy color, or did they buy part of color, or something like I th- that? I think that was incorrectly yeah. reported. Incorrectly reported. Is that? Mm, I think okay. so. Yeah, but I mean, in, and in other instances, I know they they bought companies and just not used the the thing that they ostensibly made, and basically just used the people or something behind it. Yeah, because some technology. In sometimes you just look at something you're like, yeah, that's that's a smart bunch of people right there. You know. Mm-hmm. But we keep getting, you know, that we somebody always comes comes out and says, "Oh, the next iPhone will have NFC," and, and yeah. it never does, <laughs> and probably never will. <laughs> but yeah, you can so always I bet think if, that if someone is going to say it's going to have NFC, there's definite benefits that i'm doing it like i i work within the finance industry and can see benefits in apple doing it and especially in europe um contactless it's called here like those contactless payments are quite big business and they're finding their way everywhere all shops have them in now so we just tap our debit cards on them and it reads them and there's a bunch of android phones that are getting the functionality not that they can do anything because they're so locked down by other carriers. But I would love it if Apple would put NFC in my phone. Then I could just pay for everything with my phone. Yeah. I don't see it here, really. I mean, I don't, I'm not really looking for it because I don't obviously don't have a phone that uses it. But I don't, it doesn't seem like it's as heavily imp- implemented here. I think that's the reason. Like, if if it was yeah. as as sort of rampant in the US as it is in Europe and in Asia, then mm-hmm. there would be NFC in the iPhone. But I just think it's not a it's not a top concern in the US and it seems right. like like Verizon shut down all the Google Wallet functionality and stuff now. Mm-hmm. So it's not, not really that useful. Like Google now, Google Wallet doesn't need NFC anymore. They they removed that. So now you yeah. can do it by location and stuff like that. We should talk Do about jobs because I because uh, I used to work in the finance industry too, <laughs> and, uh, oh, and technology we, in the finance. We could have industry. a riveting. That's yeah. We could have an absolutely offline. riveting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Suppose yeah. So, we don't want to bore your audience. <laughs> every time I mention NFC, people just cry. <laughs> do you uh, do you try and avoid Apple rumors, or do you are you interested in them? Uh, I read enough Apple news that I can't completely avoid it so but i don't go in general i don't uh re- go to the rumor sites to read up on on stuff on a regular basis um i like arnold kim's site uh, which is mac rumors right i think yeah yes um yeah. and i will i will read his site but i generally don't don't go in in search of it. and usually i mean reading the verge and reading any any of these other sites you can usually get glean the the gist of what the current rumors are anyway so it's like you don't you often don't have to go specifically to an apple rumor site i mean heck yeah like i mean like you were alluding to it's you could read the wall street journal now and and find out what the apple rumors are it really it's become much more it's become so much more mainstream It, it frustrates me when i see like the, I mentioned the enemy earlier, which is the New Music Express for anybody that doesn't know what that is. 
and that's a it's a music magazine and they have a website and i see apple rumors on there and i'm like why are you doing this <laughs> like i know why you're doing it but why are you doing it stop <laughs> back in the days of cars did you receive any like tangible tips or rumors like did people send you anything uh i had people you know who were Purporting, purporting to send me actual rumors, you know, sure. but I don't remember anything that was that really panned out. So I don't really remember getting anything that was actual. And that that's kind of I think how a lot of these rumor sites get into trouble is like they get someone just emails them something and says, "Hey, this is coming," and they don't really necessarily check to see who see if the person is that credible. At least some you know when the smaller ones get get started that that uh, that becomes a danger so nothing nothing that i can think of that was that ever really panned out no i mean or they just buy stolen iphones right i think that's another thing yeah another thing that you do that's right (laughs) apparently i was thinking about that that, thing that you can do i was thinking about that a few days ago because i know there was like a there was a a post that popped up from the guy who sold the iphone like like a while right not too long ago and he was saying that he didn't actually get any money from gizmodo in the end right and that was so insane (laughs) like that that was insane that whole thing yeah um like thinking back to that now that was quite a scandal at the time and and kind of i don't think we'll ever have anything as crazy as that like you know at the point where it was like a a secret apple police task force raided his house (laughs) (laughs) which i guess is some Silicon Valley there's like there's a council or something like that for for protecting Silicon Valley secrets. I mean there's like some there's some council that Apple sits on and a number of other uh like a task force that they sit on with a number of other companies and they work with the police to help keep their secrets. I bet they're not shut down at the moment. And so they call, you know and so a lot of people were reporting it as yeah like Apple's secret police when in reality it was the police working, you know, in cahoots with this with this task force. So you know, it's not it's not just Apple, but of course, anything Apple gets gets overreported. It's basically a Gestapo with solid <laughs> solid aluminium <laughs> nightsticks, just running around Cupertino. Some black helicopters with a white Apple logo on the side, <laughs> and then there's the gold one. You know the go- the one gold helicopter because <laughs> it's supply constrained. <laughs> so now you have a very nice website called a very nice website. <laughs> See, that's why that's why I named it that. It's a great. I can't. So there are some URLs that pop know. up, like, and I'm like, how are those URLs still available? That's how you prove to somebody that it's a nice website is you tell them that it's a nice website. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what made you decide to? I mean, what is what is a very nice website? Uh, it's just my random thoughts on things and links to mostly mostly I talk about Apple stuff generally. I mean, and certainly mostly about technology and, and to a certain degree my my interests. So, you know, much like many other sites in our community, you'll get a, you'll get a, a mishmash that that basically reflects the things that I'm interested in, and it's a venue for me to talk about small things that i i mean i i make most of my money selling articles to 
Macworld and other places. And this is for smaller things that I don't think I can really sell as a full story to somebody and also things that I want full creative or, or things that I want full creative control over or stuff that I think is just simply too ridiculous to <laughs> to try and push on somebody else. <laughs> so is is writing your full-time full-time thing yes. now? Writing is my full-time thing. So I had, yeah, I had a full-time job in the financial services industry and technology for for many years. And I quit that finally. So they were, I actually moved, and we live in Tacoma, Washington, and I moved to Tacoma to work for that company. And then that company got sold, and the people that owned it moved it up to Seattle. So I was, you know, my, my five-minute commute became an hour-and-a-half commute. And... You know, I had been doing the job for a long time anyway, and was kind of ready for for doing some, ready to be doing something else. And so I, mm-hmm. I quit in February of 2012, and I've been doing the writing full time since then. And I'm lucky enough that my wife, who had not been working, decided to go back to work. So she's also freelance. I mean, basically doing freelance writing, and but she is a private investigator. So, I heard you mention this, and I hoped yeah. you was going to bring it up. <laughs> Because I thought I'm not gonna just gonna ask you about what your wife does for a living. <laughs> what does your wife do? You mentioned you mentioned this on the last episode of the talk show, which is your podcast that you do on Mule Radio, and uh, obviously that was a joke. <laughs> yes, the long running joke, right? That it's right. That it's John Maltz's show, <laughs> and uh, John somebody. It's some John guy. He's Whatever he's on the episodes, is. and uh, you. I can't remember in, in what in reference this was too but you said that your your wife was a private investigator and and that sounds so delightfully american to me <laughs> yeah so she uh, she was a news reporter for years and she covered courts uh, so she was reporting on crime and trials and that kind of thing and so uh, when she and then she took time off to you know to be with our son we adopted a, a boy from china a number of years ago and now he's in school and so she, you know she had more time on her hands and when I you know she was she was after me to quit for years because I was you know I'd get up before everybody else would wake up and I'd get back you know just before dinner time and so I wasn't I wasn't as around as much as the two of them wanted me to be and as much as I wanted to be so I said you know well it'd be a lot easier to quit if you were working too and she was like oh yeah I guess so (laughs) but she Uh, you know state your job (laughs) yeah (laughs) which I did for a while but she basically uh Got into this by I mean, she didn't want to go back into journalism because it's it, you know, she worked for the local newspaper and it's tough times working for local newspapers. Yeah. So she was trying to figure out what else she could do, and she knew a lot of people in the legal the local legal community, and she talked to some of her friends and were like, "Hey, why don't you why don't you become a private investigator? It's like it's basically the same skill set. You go around and you you talk to people and try and figure things out, and then you and then you write up what you find. And so that's what she did. She did an internship for a while, for about a, um, not quite a year, and now she uh, is a freelance private investigator. It's like just from watching American TV and movies, it feels like it's something that can't be legal in a way. You know, <laughs> don't you have private investigators? You must have private investigators. I don't know. I don't know if we do. I mean, I'm sure that we do, but I've never heard of it mentioned. I th- so litigation is very different here. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if that would fly. And also I think 
a lot of the things that I assume people would hire a, a private investigator for are, are not. It's not really litigation that we do here. We don't. We we don't sue as much in the UK. Yeah. Well, she doesn't do. She doesn't do that kind. Um, she mostly does uh, criminal stuff. So she's 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 usually doing. Uh, oh yeah. yeah I, <laughs> she's always uncomfortable when when uh, talking about herself. So sometimes I, I realize yeah. that I probably I'm probably talking about her too much. <laughs> well, I mean, we do have we do have Sherlock Holmes here. I think he is our yeah, and investigator. she's yeah, she, <laughs> she's a bit like that. But she's got better personality skills than Benedict Cumberbatch does. <laughs> so moving away from your wife's profession. Okay, thank you. From Mrs. <laughs> Maltz, PI. Um, I've, I feel like from, from reading your website that you do have a balance of opinion. Like, you don't just point at Android and laugh at it. Um, sometimes and, I do. Yeah, I sometimes try, you do. I try to like, restrain today, myself. <laughs> today with that the stupid... Galaxy Note 3 thing, which that just seems, I feel yeah, embarrassed that, for Samsung. <laughs> that seems pretty crazy. So, as, so as the, yeah, as of recording today, th- it's come out that there's a one hand mode on the Galaxy Note 3, which is like a six, six inch phone. And basically, only it shrinks the screen down to like a corner of the device so you can use it in one hand. So, like, basically, like using an, an iPhone app on an iPad, except it goes to the corner. Exactly. Instead of, in, instead of in the center. So you and can use it with one hand. I see other things like that. Just, just commit. You know? Just commit, Samsung. If you want to make that phone, commit to it. Is what I think when I see stuff like that. But Right. Like, I've noticed before that you've covered Windows Phone as well. And you've not been... You're not damning of them in all in all instances. Is that, is that something yeah, that you try, I, and, try I, and do? Yes. I mean, I try... You know, I'm trying. <laughs> Everybody, I think it's easy to have a knee-jerk response, yeah. and I often have a knee-jerk response that I try to try to overcome, and I try and I try to use them, uh, which I haven't had an opportunity to do for basically because I had a full-time job doing something else that I focus my Apple stuff was my hobby, and so I usually just bought Apple stuff. But now I'm trying to do more hands-on with these other devices. So I have an idea of what I'm talking about and give them a chance. And I always, you know, I can always see why people would pick Android or Windows Phone for whatever. You know, there are very, there are very legitimate reasons to pick those devices mm-hmm. or legitimate reasons to pick Windows. I, I often recommend a Windows laptop to somebody, depending on what their needs are, because I have a tendency. Of, I mean, you probably might be the same. Uh, I get a lot of people who I know come to me asking for advice and stuff to buy, and I don't just say categorically they should buy Apple products because in a lot of cases that's not the right answer for for them for whatever they want to do. But I obviously have my preferences too. Mm. So it's a it is a constant battle and it it's hard sometimes because the one of the, one of my pet my current pet peeves is surveys. Because there're all kinds of surveys that come out and some of them are good and some of them are bad and I think a lot of sites have a tendency to just report them as if they are scientifically valid, and so many of these are really not. Yep. So I try to, and, and oh, and then, and then the other thing that we have a tendency, I think, in the Apple world to do is throw out something, and maybe rightly, if 
if it's a survey that's been done by somebody who has a link to an Apple competitor, then we basically just say that it's completely invalid and throw it out. Yet at the same time, we have a tendency to accept surveys that are done by people who have connections to Apple. So if you're going to do one, you can't do the other. Or, or why am I saying that right? If you're not going to do one, then you can't do the other. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, but thank you. <laughs> I so, said it backwards. But. What what what's the future for John Maltz? Are you going to carry on with the with the writing? Is that is that what you look at? Yeah, and I and I'm try. I, you know, I get more and more interested in writing other stuff. So I've had a really good time writing these other pieces for the magazine, and I'm. I've got something into somebody else that's not Apple related in particular. So I want to branch out a little bit more and write some other stuff, but I'll always keep writing about Apple as long as I still enjoy their products. I'm sure because I spend my entire, you know, as a writer, I spend my entire day with Apple products. I write on my MacBook air. I write on my iPad, sometimes write on my iPhone. So that stuff is, is right there in front of me all the time. That's why my shoulder, my hands hurt so much. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know the feeling. I, yeah, I mean, if you spend all day at a desk, it becomes... We, my wife and I have been going through the house just like trying to make everything more ergonomic in the past six months because after doing it for a year full-time, it's just kind of like, oh, now, now I, really, <laughs> I really have pains in various places that I didn't previously... I need to buy the so, chair that costs two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. She got it. She got she just got a desk that goes up and down, which is pretty cool. Standing desk. Yeah. Do you sit or Motor, stand? Motorized. She has a motorized. I have two actually. I have one, but they, and they don't they don't move. Uh, so I sometimes sit and I sometimes stand. And the one that I the one that's the standing desk I actually made myself, which and it looks like I made it myself, but but it works. But I think it's actually maybe a few inches too tall, and I may <laughs> have to knock a couple inches off of it. But you can do that when you make your own desk. You certainly can. <laughs> Just turn it over and start sawing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I only get to be on the talk show every once in a while, so every once in a while I think it might be nice to have my own show. I agree. I don't think I – I wouldn't do – I probably wouldn't do an Apple-related show, but something – there is enough of those. Yes, I think I think the market is well saturated. You can't you can cannot throw a stone and not hit an apple related. <laughs> you can podcast. walk across this great nation touching nothing but apple podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mister Maltz, it, is, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Nice Where can people? Thank you. Where can people go to uh, to keep in touch with you? Find out what you're up to. Uh, very nice website dot net. Just like it sounds, spelled just like it sounds. And you are or Maltz. Jo- or johnmaltz.com also. Oh, wow. We'll lead you, we'll lead you there. Landing and many page. other places where that, that have been unfortunate enough to publish my writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, sir, for joining me okay. today. Thank you. So if you want to uh, find the show notes for today's episode, I have a place for you to go. Go to 5x5.tv slash cmdspace. You will find, oh, slash 64. That's the episode number, 64. So you're going to find all of the links that we discussed today on the show. Um, you can find all of John's stuff there too. Um, I am Mike Hurley. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to John for joining me and uh, be back with another episode of Command Space next week. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>